We were working through a uh, section together on the fruit of the Spirit, and so today we're up to uh, peace, and so uh, we're going to be looking at this topic of peace together. Now, not about you, but uh, I like peace, <laughs> right? <laughs> peace is a good thing, and uh, there, there are times in life where it's just not peaceful, right? It's not peaceful. You wish it was, you wish you were there, but it's not. And, and in the New Testament, peace is an important concept. You know, peace actually appears more than 100 times in the New Testament. You think God cares about peace? Sure, sure he does. And he wants us to have peace. So we're going to look at this together today. We're going to work through it uh, looking at some different passages in the New Testament um, as we go along. So the, the first aspect of this is just the simple fact that peace is a gift of God. And we need to, to remember that, that simple point that when, where peace comes from, peace is a, a gift of God. John 14, verse 27 puts it this way, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be, a, be afraid. You know, when, when God gives peace, He we could say it, it is donated to us, right? It is a gift from the hand of God. That there is, there is nothing that God demands on our part in order for us to have peace. Right? All we do is we believe, and God grants peace immediately for that. Now, how does this work? Well, it, it is a divine thing. It comes from Him. This isn't manufactured. It's not man-made. It truly is His peace, Right? It, it, it is, when God talks about his peace, it, it is, he says it this way, my peace I give unto you. Now that, that's a great thing, isn't it? That it is God's peace that he offers? You know, sometimes people offer peace, or, or maybe you think of a conflict or a war or something like that, and, and somebody says, well, why don't we be at peace? Well, that's good, right? Okay, I'll take that. That sounds good, I'll take it. But Will it last? Is it real? Are they lying? All those, those questions go through your mind, right? But when it comes to God, you know you can trust him. You know what he says is true. You, you know that this is, this is not man-made. This is not manufactured. It is divine peace from God himself. And so we can trust and rely upon that. You know, it, it is completely different. Right? It's donated, it's divine, but it is different from anything that the world offers. It's different from the, any peace that the world can give. It's different in its source. It comes from God himself. It's different in its duration. He offers it for all eternity. And no one else can promise that. It is different in its depth and, and of, of peace and what is involved, and it's different in its very character. This is a peace that is desirable. It's something that we want. It's something that will keep our heart and mind. And that is the wonders of, of this peace from God. And so as we think about peace as being from God himself, it's important to remind, remind ourselves that this peace with God is the basis for all peace. You know, if, if peace from, as a gift from God were not available... We, we would not get to experience it in any other form. Let's look together here at Ephesians 2, verses 14 through 17. It says the following, For he is our peace, who hath made both one, and hath broken down 
the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in the flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace." goes on and says, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off and to them that were nigh. You know, there, there is a, a certain challenge that comes about with peace, and that is that we don't get along a lot of times, right? <laughs> we, human, mankind, we don't get along. Uh, war is common. War exists is common. Struggles in relationships exist in common. Workplace fights exist. They are common. And, and we have to deal with those things. We, we see those all the time. But you know, th there's another aspect that where we are actually at war, and, and that's how we're born. We're actually born as in enemies of God. We're, we're born at war with Him. Boy, that, that's a terrible situation to be in, Right? To, to, to begin life and, uh, and say, boy, I, I am an enemy of God. I'm not one of his children. I, I don't belong to him. And, and not only that, I, I don't even know what peace looks like. I don't get along with the people around me either. But God doesn't leave us there. You know, the, the opposite of, of peace, you know, as, as we think about it, sometimes it, 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 it doesn't necessarily have to look like a war with gun shooting and blazing and things like that. It, it can just be a, a challenge in the relationship between two people. It can be a broken down barrier. It can be a broken fellowship. Right? And, and so we, we are, are born in such a way where we don't even know God. What a terrible position to be in. And God says, I offer my peace to you through Jesus Christ. You know, that, that distance between us and God is there, but he makes provision. Romans 5, verse 1 puts it this way, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace with God comes through Jesus Christ himself. And, and that is an incredible thing, because we, we ourselves, we were the enemy, Right? And God, in his kindness and his love, reaches out and says, peace is available. Now you think about an enemy. What would you be willing to do for that enemy? What would you be willing to do for the other side? You know, if you went to Russia and said, hey, could you help out the Ukrainians a little bit right now? The answer is probably no, right? You go to Ukraine, you say, hey, you want to do something for the Russians? No, I don't think so. Right? I mean, that, that is the general disposition when you were at war, right? When you were enemies. In, in fact, you're not supposed to aid the other side. That could get you in trouble. And here's God, and we are his enemies, and he sends his son, Jesus Christ, because in spite of us being his enemy, he loves us. And his son comes to the earth, and he knows what's going to happen. He, he already knows what's going to happen. It wasn't a surprise to him. And even as a baby, we try to kill him. All right, Herod himself heard about this young child being born, the one who's supposed to be king, and he tries to kill him. But God's got a plan. Jesus escapes. Right? Jesus grows up. He lives his life. And 
how, how was he treated when he starts his ministry? People call out against him. They, they say, no, you're not the Messiah. The Jewish leaders, the religious leaders get angry at him. They get ready to stone him at various points. And we just went through the Gospel of Mark. We saw all of these instances throughout that book. If that wasn't enough, his own disciple, Judas, betrays him, turns him over to the enemy. Jesus is arrested. He's beaten. He's mocked openly in front of others. Was he powerless through all this? I, I don't know about you, but, but my disposition is not one of as much humility as that demonstrated by Christ. You know, my, my general disposition is when somebody hurts me, I want to strike back. That, that is my general disposition. I don't know if that's true of you. But that wasn't Jesus' disposition. Right? Jesus' disposition was he endured the shame and in spite of everything that was going on, he loved those who were persecuting him. So much so that he even went to the cross. You know, God provided that possibility of peace through Jesus Christ. And the person of peace comes through Jesus himself. Colossians 1 verse 20 says, And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. Peace is available through Jesus Christ and his example. He went to the cross, he endured the suffering, he went, endured the shame, he shed his own blood, he died, and he went through it all that we could be reconciled to God. That we could have peace with God. Peace is available through Jesus Christ. And only the person in Christ can know what true peace looks like. We, we have things that pass for it, right? Oh, we just kind of get along. But, but the true unity that comes happens only through Christ. We looked at that passage together in Ephesians 2. What's going on? You had the chosen people of God, the people of Israel. They were called out by God for a special purpose, and they were to be a light to the world. Through them comes Jesus Christ. Now, Israel, in spite of being God's chosen people and being a light to the world, they didn't think very highly of Gentiles. They, they didn't think very highly of the pagans who didn't know God. They, they really didn't particularly like them. But something happens, and Jesus dies on the cross, and all of a sudden the Gentile world sees the Messiah, and Gentiles start coming to Christ. They start believing. And, and that wall of separation, that enmity that was there, gets broken down. And, and not only are we dealing now with peace with God, we are talking about peace between individuals who before were enemies, but because they're united in Jesus Christ, now they get along. Now they find common bonds in Christ. You know, that happens only through Jesus Christ. And only the person in Christ can know that. You know, it, it's amazing. For, for the Jewish people, the idea that the Messiah would come, that, that wasn't so crazy, right? They were looking for the Messiah. The idea that they would get along with Gentiles, that was crazy. 
right? That was what was, was so, so unheard of. You can't do that. And yet God did. God did. And he brought about his church, and he united both Jew and Gentile under Jesus Christ in his church. Third aspect we see about peace this morning is that it is internal. There's an internal component to this. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7 put it this way. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving let your requests be known unto God. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. You know, the, the very source of peace takes us right back to Jesus Christ. You want peace in your life, you've got to go back to Him. Colossians 3, verse 15 puts it this way, Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body, and be thankful. Want to have peace in your life? Run to Jesus. Run to Jesus. You know, it's, it's easy in the midst of conflict and turmoil to start looking around, where, where do I need to go? What do I need to do next? Where do I have to run to handle this? Um, I, you know, I, I'm one of those people who is kind of like, like, you know, something goes wrong, I want to fix it. You know, I, I don't know if you're like that. Some of you may be like that. Uh, something goes wrong, and, and I, I'm just like, okay, well, what do I have to do to fix this? And um, I, I have, I, I'm the one who has to train myself and say, hey, hey, wait, it's not just you in this world, right? There is a God who knows you, who's on the throne, who can handle all these things, and, and if you want peace in the midst of this conflict, you run to him, and you pray to him, and you ask for his help, and he delivers it to his children. Source of peace takes us back to God and Jesus Christ in those, those moments of turmoil. How do we secure it? Well, we, we pray, right? We, we pray, uh, just as this is talking about here, knowing that God rules, right? We, we reach out to him. We're also thankful, right? Second part here, be you thankful. Yeah, thankfulness is one of those things that, uh, sometimes gets relegated to Thanksgiving <laughs> and uh, forgotten the rest of the year. If you're thankful for somebody else, it's hard to be mad at them. You know, it, it's hard to be mad at them. Uh, one, of, one of the things that I'd encourage you to do, if, if there is, just practically speaking, if there is somebody in your life where there is just friction right now, and there's some turmoil. Maybe a coworker, maybe your spouse, I don't know. But take a moment and each day list out 10 things that you're thankful for about them. Just something in the midst of that day, list out 10 things that you're thankful for. It's amazing because, I don't know about you, but I'm really good at seeing the bad stuff. Right? Somebody offends me, somebody upsets me, I'm really good at seeing that. That gets my attention. The thing they did really good doesn't always get my attention. We're good at looking at the stuff we don't like. We're not so good at looking at the stuff that we ought to be thankful about. And so God uses this idea of prayer and just thanksgiving. And as we're running to God, we've got to do that with him too. 
God, I'm thankful that you provided for me in this way. I'm thankful that you've taken care of me all these years. I'm thankful that I can trust you. I'm thankful that you're all-knowing. I'm thankful that, that you looked after my family in that difficult circumstance we went through. I'm thankful for the financial provision. God, I, I didn't know how we were going to pay that bill that month, and, and somehow you made it happen. You know, that, look to God and just offer up thankfulness to Him. And it, it brings us right back to, to the simple fact that we can be secure in the peace that we have for Him. passage we, we looked at, um, here in, in Philippians 4, 6 and 7, put it back up on the sleeve, screen here for you, but the end of that passage says, it shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You know, that, that is a great promise, that this peace that comes from God will keep your heart and your mind. Because I, I don't want it to be required that I have to be able to keep my heart in my mind. Because I'll fail. I can't do it. But God can. He has that kind of power. If somebody's going to be responsible for keeping my heart and my mind, I'm a lot more comfortable for that being in God's hands than in mine. Because He has the power and the might to do it. Right? He, he can take care of things when I fail when I fall short, where, where my mind is running 100 miles an hour, chasing down all these different possibilities and, and coming up with all the, the, the problems and the challenges, God can keep my heart and my mind. And he doesn't go up and down like I do. He's just God. And I can trust him. Just like Colossians 3.15 says there, right? That let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Let it rule. Let it rule over things. Don't focus on the turmoil and the storm. Look to God and focus on Him. We've got the perfect example of that in scriptures when when Jesus is on the boat with the disciples in the midst of the storm and Jesus is there. He's at perfect peace because He's sleeping. (laughs) What I've even, it could ever be more at peace than when I'm asleep. That's a great time, right? Great moments of peace. And and, and he's at peace, he's there, and they're looking at the storm. They're they're seeing, uh, Scripture puts it, the tempest, right? They're seeing that big storm out on the water, and they're watching the boat rocking, and and you remember what they cried out? Lord, will you let us perish? Don't you even care? Do you think he cares? Of course he cares. Do you think he really brought them out on the sea just so they could all die in the boat? I mean, it doesn't make any sense, right? Don't you care, Jesus? Of course he cares. You think he came to earth to go through the suffering and everything that he was going through because he didn't care? Doesn't make any sense, but what happens when we get in those moments of turmoil, we say foolish things, don't we? We think foolish things. And yet in the midst of it, right there is the one who can take care of it all. And so they look to Jesus. He speaks and the storm's calm. Everything's gone. He can do that. He can do that. You know, peace, this aspect that we looked at, peace is internal. Part of it is internal. But there's an aspect of peace that's external as well. And that's the fourth aspect. 
that, that we're going to consider today. And so as we, we consider this, this aspect of, of, of peace, the first part of it, of it being external, is the simple fact that, that it actually is commanded. You know, God views peace among his people as important. This isn't one of those things where we could just say, oh, it doesn't really matter to me. I, I kind of like turmoil, you know, shake things up a little bit. That, that doesn't work for the believer. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 13 puts it this way, to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. That's a command there to the church. You, you, you need to be at peace. Uh, I realize that uh, it, it may not sound like that we have to emphasize the fact that peace is a good thing, but there are some people who just don't like peace in their lives, right? <laughs> They're on to the next conflict. They're on to the next fight. And if they're not waging some battle or some war, it's like they lost their purpose in life. This is a command of God. Believers are to be at peace among yourselves. In fact, we're given the, the challenge uh, in Hebrews 12, 14. Hebrews 12, 14. Follow peace with all men in holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. That, that idea... Is, is not just simply follow, it's to pursue, right? That's what's being described there. We are to pursue peace. And so this isn't just a, a passive thing. If you have an area in your life where peace is not reigning at the moment, don't just simply, you know, sit on the sidelines and wait and say, well, maybe one day it'll get here, right? If I wait long enough, maybe it'll get here. The, the command, the, the scripture itself says, no, no, you are to pursue it. So what happens when, when two believers are at odds with one another? Okay, you, you have a, a party who is, is offended, right? And, and then you have the party who is the offender. Biblically, what should it look like? Well, you say, well, well he offended me, so I'm going to wait for him to come. Not according to this. You pursue peace. Even if they wronged you, you pursue peace. You, you chase after the one. You, you say, I want to be at peace with you. Biblically, both should be running to one another. That's biblically how it should work. But, but you know what? I mean, it, it only takes one side to run over to, to have a meeting. <laughs> right? so sometimes it's not perfect. Right? But, but it, it, both are committed to doing their parts. If, if at least one gets it done, it will help take care of that aspect. So peace is commanded by God. It, it is something that we are challenged to pursue. Uh, it, it's also something that is conditioned. You know, Our response is to do all that we can to create and maintain peace. Romans 12, 18 here says, If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, Live peaceably with all men. There's an aspect, a conditional aspect here. And it's a reminder, as much as lies in you. You ever want to be at peace with somebody? You ever want to get along with somebody and it just doesn't work out? Right? It just doesn't happen. And you wish that peace were there. 
And as much as it lies on you, as much as it depends on you, you pursue it. This verse is a comfort to me, right? Because sometimes just because you desire it doesn't mean it's going to happen. That's a hard reality. You know, I, I uh, am reliving my childhood through my son. <laughs> that's, that's a weird experience. You know, uh, Daniel, uh, you know, I, I hear all these stories on the playground and the different things, you know, the different things that take place and all of that. And it's like, oh, yeah, I remember when that happened to me. I remember, yeah, and he's learned that. It's like, I had forgotten about all these things, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm 38. That was a long time ago. And, uh, and you start hearing all these things, and, and you're, you're reminded. And, you know, you, you think about those situations on the playground, and, and you know, the, the child doesn't want to be a friend with you, you anymore, right? And, and he, he has his other friends now, and, and you're, you're going to them, and, you're, and, and you know, you say, well, I, I want to be your friend. No, I'm so-and-so's friend. <laughs> you know, all that kind of stuff, right? I mean, that happens then, but, you know, that kind of stuff happens later on as well. I mean, some of that doesn't get left behind at the playground. It, it still keeps going on, whether it's workplaces or family relationships. And look, as much as it depends upon you. Here's what that condition means. You have a responsibility and you have a part to play in pursuing peace and seeking out after it. But the result and the outcome, guess what? That's not your hands. That's in God's hands, right? He, he is the one who works on the other heart. You can't tell the other party what to do, right? Peace is dependent upon, the, the outcome of peace is dependent upon God bringing it about. And, and that's a good thing. You know why? Because that means that I can't take the credit, right? When peace is there, guess what? That's not the natural state. That, that doesn't happen on its own. God did a work. And when that happens, we praise him for it. So, hey, if you have peace in your relationship, you have peace in your marriage right now, you better thank God for it, right? The, the way that got there was he gave it to you. That didn't come naturally. That didn't happen naturally. If you have peace with your boss at work, don't just say, oh, man, I finally got a good job. Good thing I got a good boss. You better thank God for it because that didn't happen naturally. Right? God gave you that gift. It came from him. And, and so give him the credit for it. Because guess what? In terms of peace, there's only so much you can do. You can only go so far. You can only handle your half of the conversation. The rest is dependent upon somebody else. And that part you can't change. But God can. When peace exists, it is commended. 2 Corinthians 13, verse 11, puts it this way. Finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect and be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace shall be with you. This phrase here, this reminder here, is an encouragement to those who are living in peace that this is what it should look like. This is what it should be. This is how it should happen. Fifth aspect of this today is very simple, that peace is a project. And uh, peace is one of those things that we're going to be working on for the rest of our lives, as long as we're on earth. Now, I look forward to the day when I'm in heaven, 
and peace just reigns, right? I look forward to that day where, where folks aren't fighting and people are getting along and everybody's unified under Jesus, Jesus Christ. I look forward to that day. I long for that day. But until that day, uh, there, is, there is something to do. And Matthew 5, 9 puts it this way, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. There's a role out there. It's the peacemaker. The peacemaker, what's a peacemaker? Well, it's in the word, right? It's somebody who makes peace. Pretty, pretty simple. And, and, and a peacemaker makes peace between two, two parties. It can be between God and man. It can be between, between man and man, right? It can be between people. It can be between people and God. That, that's what a, a peacemaker does. And, and so as he goes through that process, they, they look at life and they say, how do I make peace? Now, you know, one of the things that, that we often forget when we're going through life is we just want things to, let's say this, we, we use the term peace, but we don't really mean peace, right? We, we use the, we say, I, I just want things to be peaceful, Right? But we don't really mean real peace. What we're talking about is I don't want to be bothered by stuff. Okay? And, and there is a difference between peace and I don't want to be bothered by stuff. Now, I have said I just want peace and quiet, and I didn't mean real peace. I just meant I want everybody to leave me alone. Okay? You, you understand what I'm talking about? That's not real peace. Okay? That's not real peace. Re- real peace is making peace either between God and man or between people themselves. And that's the true role of a peacemaker. Okay, so, so as we think about the world around us, we talked about it at the very beginning, right? They, there are, when, when we are born, we are enemies with God. Right? We, we don't know God. We don't have a knowledge of Jesus dying on the cross for our sins. And along the way, if we know Jesus today, someone served as your peacemaker, and they introduced you to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they said, but by believing in him, you can have peace with God. Your sins can be forgiven. That, that, that wall of separation that were there, was there between you and God, it can be gone. You can be reconciled. Who did that? Oh, a peacemaker helped with that. Right? A peacemaker helped with that. But, you know, there are peacemakers in life as well, and those peacemakers come alongside people, and, and, and there are two people, and, and maybe they're not getting along, and, and, and they help, and they, they point them to Jesus Christ, and they say, you know, in the midst of all this turmoil, you are forgetting about some basic biblical truths, and we all got to get on the same page and, and look to Jesus and see what he says and apply those things to our lives. And, and guess what? If, if we can be at peace with God, as great as he is and as bad as we are, then certainly two people as bad as we are ought to be able to forgive one another and get along, right? I mean, that, that simple fact of Scripture. And, and what happens? People work together and, and they help people be at peace one with another. That, that's the role of a peacemaker. I'm thankful for peacemakers, right? I'm thankful for godly counselors, I'm thankful for, with, for folks who handle the Word of God and, and, and help when we're not on the same page, help us get on the same page. That's what God does by the power of His Word, and He uses peacemakers to accomplish it. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. 
you know, that's the role. That peacemaker helps those two people get along or get in a, their relationship with, with uh, God and a person to, to right that relationship. But the reward is there also, right? Blessed, happy, right? The, the person who carries it out, they will have joy in their life. It's one of those situations that I think sometimes it's difficult to know when to be a peacemaker, right? What does that look like? Where do I insert myself for the cause of peace? It can be a fine line between being a peacemaker and a busybody, knowing where that is. Let me encourage you with this thought. If there is conflict going on, and you are not part of the conflict, first of all. Secondly, you're not part of the solution to the conflict. Stay out of it. That's what a busybody is, right? That's the person who just inserts themselves into everything. If you are part of the conflict, pursue peace. If you are part of aiding in the solution to the conflict, maybe you're the counselor that's involved in it, pursue peace, be a peacemaker. But know your role. I say that because I I want you to know today that being a peacemaker isn't a call for you to become a busybody, but to pursue true and lasting peace. And there's a great reward if you do it God's way. Happy, blessed are those who pursue this. Third aspect of this is just the simple concept of, of recognition. It says, they shall be called the children of God. When, when you are carrying out this aspect of reconciliation, of pursuing peace, you are being publicly identified as the children of God. Put another way, you, you are being Christ-like. You look like your father. You look like Jesus because that's what God does. He pursues peace. You, you are being Christ-like in your action. And boy, what, what a great thing to be said about us, right? I, I, I look at myself sometimes in the mirror and, 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 and say, boy, I, could anybody even recognize my father? As, as sinful as I am, can, can they even see Christ in me? And I, I don't know if you've ever gone through that. Right? I don't know if you've ever been in that, that circumstance or that situation. You say, boy, am I just getting in the way of everything here? Here's what this is saying. Be a peacemaker. Because guess what? That's not natural. That's not your own giftedness. That didn't come from you. If you're pursuing peace... It had to come from God. And everybody else who looks at you will say, yeah, that wasn't him working. That, that was God working. The recognition will be there. What You will have this characteristic of being a child of God. They'll know what family you belong to. So let's put it this way in conclusion. Right? Peace and peacefulness ought to be the characteristics of God's people. Wearsby, this is a quote from Warren Wearsby here. It's one thing for us to go to heaven, and quite something else for heaven to come to us. There's a deeper fellowship with the Son and the Father for those who love Him 
seek him and obey him. We experience his peace as we communicate with the Father and the Son in love. Hey, I'm looking forward to the peace of heaven, but I want to enjoy more and more of it right here on earth. I don't want to wait. I want to pursue it today. I pray that God's word today would just challenge your heart to be a person who pursues peace. Peace comes from God. He's the source. And if you're to have it, you first have to have a relationship with him. And that comes from knowing that Jesus Christ is your Savior. That he died on the cross for your sins. That by believing in him, you can have eternal life. If you want peace in your life today, that's where it starts. And I'll just mention this very simply. If, If you have questions about that, I'm available and others are available to talk to you about that. We'd love to show you from the Bible how you can have peace with God. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Father, you've not left us in this world to try to figure out everything on our own. You've given us answers, and we're so thankful for that. And as we see your word today pointing so practically to everyday life and the circumstances we go through, we just give you praise, God. We thank you that you have provided for us knowledge and understanding to take the next right step that pleases you. Father, I, I pray that today those listening would be pursuers of peace. Father, first of all, for those who don't know you, I pray that today would be that day of salvation. They'd believe in Jesus, trust in him, that they would accept the free gift of eternal life, that they would be at peace with you. Well, Father, for those who maybe already do know you, they know what peace with God looks like, I pray that today would be a, a day in which they pursue peace with you. Father, I pray that today also would be a day in which they pursue peace with others. We know that you can change hearts and minds. Heads bowed and eyes closed. I want to give you a chance to respond today. No one looking around. Um, I want to give you a chance to respond so that I can pray for you. If you would say, Pastor, I want peace with God. I've never trusted Christ as my Savior. And I want to know more about that. Would you pray for me? I'm not going to call you out. Nobody's looking around. Would you just slip up your hand? I'd just like the privilege to pray for you. Nobody like that at all. All right, next question. Maybe you know the Lord. Maybe you've been saved and you would say, Pastor, I'm struggling. There is not peace in my life. There are two ways this can come about. One could be in relationship with your walk with God. You say, Pastor, I need to pursue peace with God. I've been straying from Him. I've walked away from where I should be. And I, I want to nothing to be between me and God. I want to be in full fellowship with Him. Pastor, would you pray for me as I take steps in this area? If that's you, would you slip up your hand? I'm not going to call you out. Amen. Amen. Thank you. One last question. You say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I need peace with others today. As much as depends on me, I'm going to do my part. I'm going to pursue it to the glory of God. Would you pray for God to to work in this? 
that bring about an outcome of peace. If that's you today, would you just slip up your hand? I'd like to pray for you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, you know these hearts. You know what's going on in lives. Father, I, I pray specifically today for those who are under the conviction that they need salvation. I pray, Lord, that you would save them. I pray, Lord, that if they have questions, that they would seek out others. Uh, Lord, we know that you have that power and that might. Father, I pray for those who, who Father, need a closer walk with you. We want to be in complete surrender to your will. Lord, I ask that you would work on their behalf today. Challenge their hearts, teach them, instruct them, help them to grow and change. Give them grace, Lord. Pray that you'd empower them for your glory. Father, I pray for those today who are dealing with turmoil and lack of peace with others around them. Father, I pray for them as they have committed to pursue peace, that you would empower them. Give them wisdom. Give them the right words to say. Father, we know ultimately that peace is dependent upon you. It is a gift of God. And so, Lord, we would ask for peace in, in the outcome of these situations. Lord, work in lives and hearts. Change minds. Father, help, help the power of your word, the word of God, reign over lives and hearts. Father, we know you can do that. Father, we are so grateful for your word and the power of it. Thank you for using it in our lives today. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.